It's because BMI Twitter, they go beep boop, put it in a put it in a formula and whatever comes out. And I'm not going to think about if the player is actually good or not. BMI stands for big, massive idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Big Daddy Ranks. Uh, we just had a whole half-hour secret pod that if we get up to 100 patrons, we will release the secret pod talking That's trash right. on Fantasy Twitter. That's right. Uh, yeah, get us to 100 patrons. You got to share it. Sh- share this everywhere. Tell your mom. Tell your friends. Tell your cat. Uh, you got to subscribe to Football Absurdity. We're going to be giving you that hot goss. Unfiltered. That's right. That's right. And that's how you walk her. That's how you get him simping, buddy. That's right. New <laughs> new catchphrase. New catchphrase. Football new catchphrase Absurdity. Drops. Get him simping. Get him simping. So, uh, all right. Uh, today's episode is the week 13 ranks. Uh, Walker has him up on footballabsurdity.com. Button at the get top. Get him simping. Says weekly ranks. <laughs> uh, so... Um, I, Walker told me today, he texted me, he said, uh, what did you say? He said, my running back ranks are, you're going to think I'm drunk when you see my running back ranks. Something like that. Uh, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't mention the, yeah, uh, said, uh, I think my RB ranks are going to look weird to you this week. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And I, uh, I, so I have not looked at those ranks yet, so we will get to be getting live reactions. Um, uh, I did look to see where his Thursday guys are, but I did a control F for those, but, um. Let's just get into it, Walker. So we got Thursday Night Football up first. It's uh, the Cowboys and the Saints. Um, quarterbacks in this one, you got Dak at two. You got Taysom Hill at 12. Dak um, is at three. He's at three. I thought I saw him at two. Okay, Dak is at three. Taysom Hill is at, at 12. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this Taysom Hill ranking because there was rumors he was dealing with like a foot issue and that's supposedly what he's been dealing with all year, but now he's getting the start against Dallas. So you have him as a streamer ahead of guys like, uh, um, like uh, Joe Burrow, who's been a starter for a lot of people or Carson Wentz, who's been an up and down streamer recently, Russell Wilson, but I think that has more to do with Wilson. So, uh, that's the finger. yeah, it's the finger. It's, it's bad. He's, uh, he is falling apart. Um, he's so throwing that thing weird right now. Yeah, it does. It looks really bad. And it's not only that with Russ. Uh, it's also like I don't think he trusts when he throws it because he's taking really weird sacks. Like he's overthinking. Yeah, I mean, like, he's all he's always been a guy who gets sacked like in bad situations sometimes because he runs around trying to make a play. But yeah, yeah he's been like it's it's been like hesitancy because like mm-hmm. you can tell like the tight windows. He He's not willing to throw those right now. Yeah, he's not trusting his own hand, which. Yeah. Geno Smith was not great, but Russ has been arguably as bad, if not worse. And, um, uh, you know, yeah, so I mean, I don't know I, if I mean, they're pretty much done at this point. I mean, if they lose one more game, then they're effectively eliminated. And at that point, they would probably just shut them down. Yeah, especially because then the Niners would if they lose this Sunday, they would um, tie the Niners in the win loss. So that's a tiebreaker that they lose even on like trying to claw their way back up into the playoffs. So um, not great. Um, So if uh, say you're in a roster crunch and um, Taysom Hill is available, would you drop Russell Wilson for Taysom Hill? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think I would, too. I don't I, I would. 
I'm I'm playing a like in a two quarterback league. I'm not starting Russell Wilson. It's <laughs> I'm, it's wild. Uh, oh, wait, I'm starting him this week because my other I was starting Cam ahead of him, so I have to start him this week. But it's like uh-huh. I benched Russell Wilson for Cam last week. It didn't work out, but it, I didn't feel bad about it. So right. Um. So yeah, uh, Taysom Hill on Thursday night. Um. What what do you expect to see from Taysom Hill? Just briefly for the people. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be close to what you saw from him last year when he played. I think those four games he played um, as as the starter, he's he's going to run quite a bit. Um, obviously, he's been dealing with the foot issue, and so I don't think it's going to be quite as much running as last year. Um, plus, the weapons are so injured at this point that mm-hmm. Taysom Hill isn't a guy who's going to be able to elevate those guys. You know, regardless of what you think of him as a quarterback, I th- I don't think anybody thinks that he's like anywhere near like a Drew Brees level player. So, um, he's he's gonna struggle throwing the ball. He's gonna be productive on the ground. He's basically Jalen Hurts light. Okay, yeah, that's 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 a good comp. I like that a Jalen Hurts light. Um, there. So, um, I'm realizing that the other quarterback I was gonna start this week was Trevor Simeon. So I'm in trouble, Walker. Um. <laughs> Um, go, so get, Jack, uh, go get Teddy. Uh, Teddy two gloves. I'm looking. It is bleak on this waiver wire here. I could get Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, or Andy Dalton. Got to go with Ben at that point. Ugh. Ugh. It sucks, Gross. but yeah, it sucks. It sucks out loud. Um, I guess I'm treading, cutting Trevor Simeon. Okay, uh, and then you got Dak at three. Must start. The only guys you have above him are Brady and Mahomes. So uh, yeah. that's interesting. The uh, the Brady thing. Um, Mike and I kind of talked about it yesterday. Uh, it's the Falcons, right? You think he'll bounce back? Because he's been pretty bad lately from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, he looked good against the Colts, but he just didn't need to get touchdowns because Fournette was dominating uh, in the red zone. So, yeah, I mean, he had a couple rough games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the Falcons are not a tough team for him to, to go up and down the field against. He already crushed them once this year. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, Dak, Dak will be a must start um, over most guys that you have. Um, I don't think there's much more to talk about here from the quarterbacks. I think the running backs are the really intriguing group here because you've got Zeke and Kamara, whose situation is who knows. Uh, Zeke, you get reports that he, um, you know, he's going to get load managed, and then you get Jerry Jones coming out saying, you know, he's going to get a full load, which <laughs> phrasing, Jerry. Phrasing. I mean, it is the first week after. November. So uh, there is there is that to think about. Um or or don't if you don't want to. I'd recommend not thinking about it. Um so th- I think that's really up in the air, but at this point I think Tony Tony Pollard he's getting more like varied plays. Like he's getting a lot of like jet sweeps and like manufactured touches and stuff, but honestly I think that um Zeke is not getting that because it's like he can't really handle that at this point like he's not doing a great job uh with the ball after his knee injury popped up so i mean zika 12 that's a that's a bullish rank so i'm curious of what went into that i don't really think it is a bullish rank i mean i i, I would say that that's lower than what most people would have um i mean it's definitely lower than what espn's got him at well i think espn's I mean, got a nine or ten but I just think it's tough to rank Elliott outside the top 12 against a New Orleans defense that's really beat up. They've been struggling lately. They just let Philly absolutely destroy them on the ground. Um, 
and Elliott's the guy at the goal line. And I expect Dallas to be able to score in this game because they've been able to score in almost every game this season. Um, even if he's not efficient, he's still going to get a ton of opportunities to put up points. Okay. All right, that's fair. And then, yeah, you're not far off from consensus. Zeke has an uh, uh, expert consensus ranking on Fantasy Pros of 14. So essentially oh, right. the same. Yeah. But where you really differ, and this is interesting, is uh, Alvin Kamara is 12 on there, and you have him at 18. So um, is it the defense? Is it him being banged up? You think um, you know Mark Ingram's going to take some touches? Or what has this going into 18? And do you feel good about starting him um, with the 18 rank? Yeah, it, it's... Uh... It's due to the injury. I mean, we're not sure if he's going to play. I have him in the rankings right now because he's listed as questionable. And being such a prominent player, you assume he's going to play until he doesn't. Um, But no, I'm not comfortable starting Alvin Kamara this week. If you have the ability to wait and see um, and go with other options, I would probably do that. Um, if you've got both Kamara and Ingram, Ingram is off the injury report. So um, if Kamara doesn't play, that's an easy just plug and play. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a lot closer to a 50-50 split than usual just because they're not going to want to overwork Alvin. Um, they've got a long week after this to to rest up. So I I just I wouldn't feel very comfortable starting him. If if you if you're in a situation where you have to, that's fine. But um, if you can pivot, there's some guys that I would pivot. I mean, I would play guys like Miles Gaskin or Jamal Williams over Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm seeing your ranks now. Like I said, I wasn't looking. So you've got Gaskin 13th, Jamal Williams 14th. Oh my God, Walker, this top 15. What? It's it's just like we thought when we were drafting in August. The top 15 are Alexander Madison, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Cordero Patterson. Elijah like Mitchell, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Uh, Miles Gaston, Jamal Williams. Just like we thought when we were drafting James in Robinson. August. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Javante at 22. We'll get to that. That's that's an interesting uh, uh, rank. So, um so you got Pollard at 26, Ingram at 29. I'm seeing here you have Pollard uh, with uh, Boston Scott, Tevin Coleman between him and Ingram. So um, is that a tier for you? Um, uh, a- that tier that tier would end at Scott. Coleman would be in a tier below that. Okay, so it's, uh, it's Boston Scott. Is J.D. McKissick, I see you have J.D. McKissick here. Is, there, is he looking like he's going to play this week? I thought he died. Uh, he It's... He hasn't participated in practice yet. He's still being evaluated. If I had to guess, I would say he probably doesn't play, but he's currently still listed as questionable. So I'm going to stick with that for now. But I I would say it's more likely than not that McKissick is out this week. I would have a contingency plan in place for him for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks like he tweeted out that he's good, uh, no major injury. And then there's a report uh, before we started recording that he's in the concussion protocol. So, um, okay. I think it'll be sense. a real, real easy way to see if he's going to play or not is, you know, the concussion protocol. So um, now I'm going to ask you the question. So since it's Thursday night, there's no alternatives. There's no flipping to another player. Uh, if Zeke and or Kamara are declared out like surprise inactives, you know, they have a setback in warmups. Where do Pollard and Ingram move to? Um, if Zeke's out, Pollard is... Oh, I would probably put him. I'm I think, think I, put I, him, 
I think I'd put him at five. Oh, at five? You're going that high, huh? Yeah, I mean, if he's getting the full workload out of the backfield, nobody else cutting into his touches, he's that good. I mean, I think he's a better football player than guys like Leonard Fournette and James Conner, and he's mm-hmm. going to have the same kind of workload against a beat-up defense. Oh, wow. See, I was I was thinking um, lower than Zeke, but I, I okay. I mean, yeah, I, it makes a lot of sense. I like your bullishness on it um, this week because I like Tony Pollard, too. I think he's a good football player. Yeah, I mean, it's just the the thing is, I'm I'm not going to get in an argument about like Pollard versus Elliott because I don't think Elliott's a bad player whatsoever. No, he's but, hurt them. Right, and the thing is, it's when Elliott and Pollard are playing, Elliott has to fight with Pollard for carries and touches. When Elliott's out, Pollard doesn't have to do that, and they are similarly talented. Or Pollard is better. So there's no reason why Pollard shouldn't be ahead of where Zeke is because he's going to get more work than as the only guy than Zeke would be as the one a. That's true. That's very true. The, the, the leap up in touches. I was just thinking more if Zeke was out that they would kind of lean on. Cause like Amari Cooper's back, they have CD lamb, Dalton Schultz, um, Michael Gallup, it's going to, they're going to be at full strength in their passing game for the first time this year, really. So I was thinking yeah. that if, if no Zeke, they might lean on that more than, um, than giving everything to Tony Pollard. But by the same token, I mean, Mike, in the first Mike game McCarthy's of the season, not going to be there. So true. And also in the first game of the season, they threw the ball 60 times and Tony Pollard had like 20 fantasy points. I mean, he does catch passes and, uh, right. he's a good runner. So there's that, that is something to take into account. So, Okay. Um, and then uh, if no uh, Kamara, where does Ingram go? Um, I mean, to be the only guy in town against a pretty meh defense, I would probably put him between Gibson and Gaskins, like a fringe RB1 if he's the only guy. Okay. See, that's where I was slotting um, uh, Pollard. Pollard, so, right. So yeah. you're, you're really bullish on the, the only man in town. Thing. And I guess that makes more sense for the um, the Saints to me because who are they passing to? There's no alternative there. Right. They're, it, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, Pollard, if Pollard takes the starting job, he's not all of a sudden getting, like, 22 carries and eight targets. Like, that's not happening. But he's going to get, you know, Zeke, you know, say Zeke gets 15 carries and Pollard gets eight. Out of those mm-hmm. 23, Pollard's going to get, like, 19 and the other four will just either be Dak runs or throws. And then like him and Zeke combine and get like eight targets a game. Pollard's going to get like five or six of those. And the other two are just going to go to like Dalton Schultz or Sean McKeon or some, or yeah. some stuff. Sorry. Uh, 51 one. <laughs> I I'm going to tempt fate and leave that in. Okay. So I'll, I'll tempt fate with that one. Uh, I'm going to mark it down in case I change my mind in case I'm a coward, which I probably will be. Um, so, all right, let's move on to wide receivers in this game. So we got CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, both wide receiver ones, Michael Gallup, uh, at five and 12, Michael Gallup at 32. And then you have Traquan Smith, the highest ranked Saints wide receiver in this game at 37. I'm honestly shocked that it's that high because I want no piece of this passing game at all whatsoever. Um, and it's also like, it could be Traquan Smith or it could be like, Deontay Harris gets a 60 yard catch and run or, you know, it's Marcus Callaway season. He gets two inexplicable touchdowns. So that's why I'm like, uh, Traquan Smith. Is it just like, I have to have some 
a wide receiver ranked in the top 40 here with Traquan Smith? Or is it like, hey, this might be a sneaky play? No, I, I mean, I, I think that you in deep leagues can flex Traquan most weeks at this point. I mean, he's he's very clearly getting the most work and the most snaps of anybody in that receiving core. I'm not saying he's the best player. I think that's Deontay Harris. But Smith's getting the work. He's getting the targets. He's running the routes. Uh, it, and the Hill offense should be slightly more competent than the Simeon offense was. So, I I mean, he's going to get probably five or six targets a game. He's going to catch a lot of those because the Hill offense is a lot of quick passing, slants, quick outs, that sort of thing. Um, he's got a decent floor. I mean, I, I just see him as a guy who's not going to kill you. I mean, he's he's got like a seven or eight point floor right now, and he's playing a pretty bad secondary. Yeah. So, okay. So there is, there is a case that would be made for Traquan Smith. I'm, I, I'm going to just say, no, thank you. If I can help it. Um, That's fine. Yeah. I mean, there are, so, there are plenty of other guys in that tier. Like if you feel more comfortable with T Y Hilton or Russell Gage, like I understand. Yeah. Like Russell Gage, I think is, he's guaranteed targets against this beat up Tampa Bay secondary. So I, I would probably feel better about Russell Gage in this tier. So you've got Traquan Smith at 40. I just and don't how, care for Gage as much because um, he'll have to face a lot of Sean Murphy bunting in the slot. And Murphy bunting is one of the three or four best slot corners in the game. Yeah. I mean, do they, are they playing him in the slot? Yeah. He, he plays nickel. No, I meant Russell. Russell. They're playing. Oh, he he kind of he kind of does both. He sometimes plays slot. He sometimes plays outside. Okay, because I just it, it's I'll, in general the Bucks are well they haven't been great against opposing receivers. A it's Atlanta and B um they do have some talent on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just they're so banged up. Like they just lost another cornerback last week. It's um, so yeah, they are, they are running him in the slot 44% of the time. I I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, I don't think people will fault me for not caring about the Falcons, uh, passing game. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm weird about stuff like that. So I just remember a sicko. this guy's yeah, a sicko. I'm a real sicko. hundred percent. Yeah. I figured it was gauge and Olamide. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Olamide. I always get that wrong, and I'm trying really hard to get it right. I figured it I was. I loved Olam- him in the draft the year he came out, so that's why I know it. You got it. So I figured it was uh, Olamide, Zacchaeus, and and um, Calvin Ridley outside with um, Pitts in the slot. That's what I figured was happening because he doesn't play in line. But no, he's only playing. God, 34% of his slots and or snaps in the slot is Kyle Pitts. That's really interesting, and it's not like he's blocking. So he's playing quite a few on the outside too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I just figured he was playing more in the slot than outside. Um, I think they I, should I, do that, but. Yes, I agree. But they're, <laughs> they're being really dumb with Kyle Pitts. Um, all right. So, Smith. Come on, man. Come on, Carlos Mencia. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, Amari Cooper's COVID does not scare you, it seems like. He's at 12 for you. And CeeDee Lamb's at five. So he's a definite must-start smash play. Yeah, CD's a smash play almost every week, especially in a in a matchup against a beat up secondary. And even mm-hmm. the guys who have been healthy this year, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has not been very good this season. So, uh, and then no, Cooper's COVID doesn't concern me right now. I mean, I'm gonna operate as if he's gonna be, you know, 
he's completely off the injury report. So I'm operating as if he's as close to full strength as players are in week 13 of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. It's just, you know, the reports of him still coughing is what gets me about Cooper. It's like, um, you know, is is he going to be a full strength? But again, you know, maybe this will be his COVID game like Jordan has his flu game. You know, he just comes out and just like smashes COVID. So um, we'll see. And then Michael Gallup at 32. Yeah. So um, Gallup, you got him between Mike Williams and Rashad Bateman. Is that uh, is that all one tier or how does that how does that go for you? Uh, that tier, I would say, starts with Christian Kirk, 29, mm-hmm. and ends at uh, Van Jefferson, 34. Okay, so, oh, that's that's a bigger tier than I anticipated. So you've got um, Kirk, Beckham, Williams, Gallup, Bateman, and Van Jefferson. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I think that's all I got for the wide receivers. And the tight ends are really easy. Start Dalton Schultz. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's, yep, that's, that's it. That's a mid-tier tight end. He's a mid-tier tight end one. And uh, yeah, do not play Juwan Johnson. Yeah, don't do it. Don't get cute. Like he could score a touchdown, but like if you're gonna get cute, play James O'Shaughnessy on Sunday instead. Exactly. I mean, I Juwan Johnson still has like eight catches all year. <laughs> and like five of them are touchdowns. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so all right, uh, let's go back. Let's roll back again, folks. Uh, if you're just joining us mid-podcast, uh uh, footballobsidian.com walkers weekly ranked button up at the top uh you can check these out so uh let's roll back to the quarterbacks and i'll say uh walker who is your hardest player to rank this week and i'm gonna guess uh heineke because he hasn't been very good but vegas is a decent matchup um i think the toughest player for me to rank this week was actually kyler Oh, Kyler. Okay. So you have Kyler at seven. Okay. So against Chicago coming back from the injury. So, I mean, you wonder, you wonder how close to a hundred percent he is. Um, There's the worry about the shoulder because of what happened last year down the stretch. Um, I mean, Jeff's articulated that on the podcast. Um, It's there, you know, they're don't, they don't have Chase Edmonds still. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to play, but he's not going to be full strength. Although usually that's not a big problem for DeAndre Hopkins specifically. Um, but he is Kyler Murray. Chicago is not a defense that really scares me that much. Um, they're solid, but you know, no Khalil Mack. Uh, they only have one corner that can play football. So it, you know, Murray could, he, if he has a good game, he's going to be QB one or two, and it's hard not to put him up there. But, um, you know, if his shoulder's not right, then he's not really a guy you're excited about playing. I, but you just, so you kind of, I'm kind of splitting the difference here. Like he's, he's the last guy I would, well, Stafford's probably the last guy I would say like you have to start because I know Stafford hasn't been good lately, but it's Jacksonville. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. You got to play Murray, but I think that there's a lot of there, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, and that kind of is reflected in the passing game ranks for them. You got Nuke Hopkins at 13, Christian Kirk at 29, Rondale Moore at 47, which just I can't, the 11 for 11 with like 12 air yards. yards. Yeah, there's like no air <laughs> yards last week is out of control. Uh, um, and then yeah. you have Zach Ertz at 13. So. 
Um, yeah, uh, not not great ranks there. And when we get to tight ends, a surprising name ahead of right ahead of Zach Ertz. And it's a, a name that Walker and I both love. And um, I'm excited to see how he plays this weekend. That's a tease. You can fast forward like I'm sure like 20 minutes and, and figure it out. But um, for the quarterbacks, um, so you've got you said Stafford at eight. It's the last guy you want to start. So to, would that make Jalen Hurts a tough sit against the Jets at nine? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, I was trying to get some buzz. <laughs> no. Um my tough sits Joe Burrow. At thirteen against the Chargers. Yeah, I noticed the Chargers are really good against um wide receivers this year. And and quarterbacks. Oh yeah, because of the wide receiver thing. Yeah. yeah, they're I think they're the sixth sixth best against QBs and seventh best against receivers. Yeah, that's yeah. it's just a good defense. Um it's not great at stopping the run right up the middle, but it's mm-hmm. good at everything else. Um so I I think Cincinnati's probably going to do a lot of running up the middle with yeah. Nixon because that's what they've been doing, and the Chargers are vulnerable to it. And they're not very vulnerable outside where, you know, that's where Burrow does his work in the passing game. Um, you know, the only position that they give up, they, they give up a lot of points to tight ends. So Uzoma is a reasonable, like, dart throw streamer again um, yeah. for one week, but... Yeah, I just don't see this being like a big blow-up game for Burrow. I mean, he could scrape together like 240 and two scores or something like that and get you 18 points, but I don't – his ceiling is like high teens or around 20, and he could easily like play perfectly fine and have 190 yards and no touchdowns and no picks and score you like seven fantasy points. Yeah, and, and – um. Yeah, I think he'll get a couple scores just because, um, yeah, the Uzoma thing. I, you know, he was my, he's one of my sleeper tight ends. He's like 16% rostered. Oh they yeah, just, I have to guess who your sleepers are. Yeah, they just bleed fancy points to tight ends. I mean, over the last um, three games, they've given up five touchdowns to the position. <sighs> to to like Tyler Conklin, Eric Ebron, Pat Firemuth, who's good, and then like Eric Saubert in Denver. Saubert, Saubert, I don't even know who this is. Saubert, Saubert, Saubert. something like that. Yeah, Eric Saubert. He went to Drake. The rapper? Uh, No, the school in Iowa. Oh, okay, the school, not the rapper. Um, But yeah, uh, Uzomo is one of my sleepers this week. So um, before we get into... I wanted to ask about Derek... Sorry, I just like lost my my spot. No, you're good, dude. Because <laughs> I was like, oh wait, we did talk about Tufset. That's what we were talking about. Uh, Derek Carr at ten, very interesting rank, especially considering Washington just shut down. Uh, well, it doesn't mean much anymore, but shutting down Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. It seemed like they rounded the defense rounded into shape, but I'm also wondering if that might have just been the Seahawks right now. <laughs> I think it's more that. I mean, Washington's defense was abysmal at the start of the season, and it's been like fine since mm-hmm. then. Um, like the last, I think, four or five weeks, they've basically just been league average, which, I mean, that's an improvement, but Derek Carr's been plenty above league average as quarterback this year. He, he's playing quite well. Um, I, I don't think that Washington's going to have an answer for the the quick route running over the middle of Renfro. Um, they've been very vulnerable to receivers this season, and Renfro is the type of guy who just, it's a death by a million cuts. And it's not even like the little short stuff. Like he he just chunks off like 11, 13, 17, 9, 12. And it's just, it's demoralizing. It's almost like 
the running game version of the passing game. Yeah. Um, it, and I just it, think that the I think that Vegas is going to be able to, to kind of wear them down with that short to intermediate passing. All right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, it's very interesting to have him and then uh, Kirk Cousins, who uh, from a like um, uh, fan, how the fantasy industry regards him. It's the Spider-Man meme, them pointing at each other, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So um, except Carr usually like people have him as QB 16 and that's where he finishes, whereas everybody has cousins as QB 16 and then he's QB eight every year somehow. Yeah, it's it's because he'll like he'll have four or five weeks where he's getting like four touchdowns and like 350 yards. And that'll that'll boost him up past like guys who are kind of just OK and who rush a good amount. So, um, all right. Um, who all right, are you going to guess my my sleepers for this week? Yeah. Um, Heineke. Yep. Tyrod. Yep. Uh, Wentz. No. Yeah. Taysom's only 27% rostered, buddy. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, um, and the, the Tyrod thing, it's like, Hey, uh, Brandon cooks is probably going to have like 150 yards. He's going to kick Tyrod Taylor dragging and screaming with him. So that's yeah, Tyrod Ty against Indy. I'm I'm looking at like 200 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and like 30 rushing yards. Yeah, it's it's and that, it's and that's what uh eight twelve. That's 15 points. So he's fine. Yeah, if if you're looking at him, you're looking at like a 16 team league because he's 10 percent rostered. So he's he's the deep guy. Tyrod is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then yeah, Taysom and then Heineke is just like. Um, yeah, they've given up 25 fantasy points in two of their last three games. And one of those was Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, a very similar guy to Taylor Heineke. Yeah. And it's also the game where they didn't give up that point, that many points, the Bengals were just smashing them on the ground. 30, yeah. 32 to 13. So Joe Burrell just kind of sat back and did nothing. So it's, yeah. you know, uh, it's not like they were playing well. They just, uh, the running game destroyed them. So speaking of the running game, let's talk about running backs. So, Oh, I didn't say my sneaky start. Oh, yeah. Who's your sneaky start for this week? Teddy. Teddy Two Gloves, uh, number 16 yeah. at Casey, or versus Casey. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about Teddy, but Teddy's been solid this year. He's been a really good, like, rock-solid QB2. Um, he's got a high floor in matchups like this. Um, yeah, I expect him to finish as a fringe QB1. Yeah, and um, I I was thinking last yesterday um, when I was talking to Mike about how uh, people are like, well, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater can't uh, support Tim Patrick, Kurt, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. It's like, no, he supported three wide receivers last year. It's Vic Fangio is keeping him from doing that. So he is, I, I'm just saying, he is better than people are giving him credit for as a player. Like, people forget he supported three guys last year. Yeah, he's and, been um, thrown downfield really nicely, too, this season. Yeah, it's just Teddy Vic Fangio wants to. Anymore. Yeah, Vic Fangio just wants to run the ball 35 times a game, and that's 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 what's limiting him this year, I think. Yeah, Teddy Checkdown is is uh is uh not here this year. So yeah, he's doing like 230 and a touchdown and a half per game, um, which you know if that's your baseline, you can you can get some uh some production from there. Definitely better than what Cam Newton did for me last week. Woo, yeah. buddy. All right, uh, now let's move on to running back. So. I have not. I intentionally did not look at the ranks here for Walker because he told me that they were out of control. So we mentioned it. Um, a real big shakeup this week. So um, who is your tough, t- 
toughest rank this week? And why is it like every player between four and 15? Uh, yeah, pretty much the whole <laughs> thing. Um, this one looks really weird just because you've got guys like Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley are in the RB2 tier for various reasons. And uh, then it's like doing the like the dopey dragon face of the three-headed dragon where two of them are serious. <laughs> or it's like uh, you've got all those guys, and then your top three are Taylor, Mix, and Eckler. It's like, well, all these guys have smashed this season, of course. Yeah. And then you've got this group of Buh, Alexander Madison, Leonard Fournette, James Conner. It's like none of these guys have really even been that good. It, yeah. It's just that we already saw what happens when Alexander Madison plays the Lions. He destroys the Lions. Yeah, um, he's because, incredible. He's so good against them. Yeah, yeah, and we're bad against the run. That's it's just how it is. Um, Fournette looks really good right now. I'll give him credit. Uh, and Atlanta is a terrible defense. Um, Connor's going to get like 27 touches against Chicago, who was a very average defense against the run. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. I mean, if you had to pinpoint one for me, um, gosh, I, yeah, I, I would probably, it, it was not, uh, what I will say is it's not easy for me to rank Joe Mixon at number two. Well, that's, it's not easy for me to do that, but yeah. In terms of his fantasy football output, I was incorrect about him this year. He had more upside than I thought, and he is playing quite well on the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you don't expect to see Alexander Madison at four. No, I like you don't expect. Yeah, even even like some of the biggest Joe Mixon truthers. If you're like in week 13, he'll be the running back too. Um, he'll be the second ranked running back. They would go, well, who got hurt? Which is honestly fair which is accurate yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's a big part of the reason but yeah. um no he, he's been good this year yeah and and he, but i'm saying he's like even outshining the biggest joe mixon truthers expectations because if we're being honest a lot of what they say is just bluster because they know he's not very efficient he just scores a lot of touchdowns and so sure. yeah um so i mean yeah and then like yeah madison Fournette, connor it's you, you know what your running backs look like this week and i'm not saying that they're wrong it's just it's so out of control it's um when for beer sheets, when Kev mocks up the beer sheets for the people in your league that did no research that are just like somewhat randomly generated players where the ranks are all wonky. That's what it looks like, because it's like, OK, like like uh, some of this stuff makes sense. Like you you kind of filter through. You're like, all right, James Robinson, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, 15, 16, 17. Like that's normal. Like Miles Sanders, 20. That's normal. But it's like, why is Alan Kamara and Saquon Barkley between them? Like that's that's what's wild. So. I definitely encourage people to check out these ranks because we're in week 13 now. We're in crunch time. And um, you can't just say start your studs. Um, no, there's context. Guys, yeah, guys you thought were studs are not, necess- not necessarily that anymore. Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, even Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, it's entirely possible that you have Zeke Elliott, Alexander Madison, Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson. All those guys could be on your roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing right now is, yeah, you're looking at like, and th- this is the order in which I would start these guys. This is how I do it. I like, you know, I, I would start Alexander Madison over Najee Harris. I would. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and honestly, with the way that the, the Steelers collapsed last week, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, they there there could be a. AFC North, you know, uh, revenge tour going on where Steelers just go from team to team to get slapped around. 
um, and they're playing Baltimore this week. So it's entirely possible that that it's another game like that. Like I, I completely understand starting Madison and Cordero Patterson. And I mean, James Conner and Najee is, is that that's where I get a little head scratchy, but, um, and I, and I like James Conner more than you, which is what's weird. <laughs> I volume is King and Harris has been getting less carries than Connor and Connor's on the team that scores a lot more points. All right. So there you go. That makes sense. So definitely I'd recommend checking these out. Um, so who is your sneaky start for this week? And is it Matt Breida? Nope. It's Boston Scott. Ah, okay. Boston Scott at 20. He's playing the jets. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all you have to say. He's playing the jets. Yeah. He's also pretty good at football. Yeah. And, um, Walker, since you said him, that's one of my sleepers for this week. I figured. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 38% rostered. Um, it's it's the Jets. You have to be the Houston Texans to not score multiple touchdowns on them as as a running back core. So that's All that's. Right. Who, who are your other two sleepers here? Um, is one of them your hated nemesis, Tevin Coleman? It is not. Okay. Um, I will I, never I was, put Tevin Coleman. I was also going to guess that your like impossibly low roster guy was DJ Dallas. No. But my impossibly low roster guy is on your your ranks. Austin Walter? Nope. Um, Josh hmm. Larkey called him the most explosive player in the NFL this week for some reason. Kenny Nwongwo? That's right. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> it just seemed like such a Larky thing to say. <laughs> so this is my this is my take on him. Uh the Lions. Uh, love to give up long touchdowns and he loves to score long touchdowns and he is very very athletic yeah so yeah he's he's touched the ball uh was it eight times in his career ten times ten times he scored two touchdowns there you go so yeah that's that's my that's that's extremely sustainable yeah it is just ask uh, was it antone smith i think that was the guy that had like he had like uh five career touchdowns and they were all 40 yards or longer yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right, so who's the last guy? Who do you think? Uh, I would like one hint, please. I said his name. You said his name. Is it Matt Breida? It is Matt Breida. Cool. Because much like the uh, the Lions, the Patriots love giving away long touchdown or long uh, runs. They lead yeah, the they, league in forty yard plus runs. Yeah, and if anybody's gonna do it on that team, it's definitely Breida. <laughs> Yeah, because my thoughts are they're going to the um, Patriots are going to focus on the passing game. They're going to yep. focus on Stefan Diggs shutting that down. They're going to let the running backs do their thing. Um, but the Bills are allergic to giving running backs the ball in the red zone. So my guess is Matt Breida gets a like 30 yard touchdown run. Yeah, he or, definitely could. Yeah, because that's that's just the the meshing of the 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 skills and the game plan for the for the Patriots. So, um, who is your tough sit for this week? Um, let's see here. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. All right, so Saquon at 19 against Miami. It's been sneaky bad, and um, it's going to be. Uh, Mike Glennon starting this weekend. So yeah, the offense is going to be terrible. Um, Saquon isn't, he's not right. And um, the line doesn't block well in the run game. 
Miami's defense has been playing way better lately. Um, it's just there's really nothing good here. I mean, I know Saquon's a great a great player, but um, yeah, I mean, he's operating with incompetence around him, and he's not at a hundred percent. So if you've got better options, I understand. Like I'm pigeonholed into playing him this week, but um, if you've got other options, I would explore other options. Okay, yeah, it's it's just you know it's. He, he, to me, screams like prime bounce back candidate next year because it's like they're going to clean house in New York. They're going to, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it could be uh, the Garoppolo Giants next year, um, which would, you know. What, I mean, it, would bring a, it would bring an air of boring competence. Exactly. Instead of just high flying insanity, which Daniel Jones has brought them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. I think I don't. I don't think Joe Judge is going to be there anymore. So it all no, depends on who I think the coach is going to be. So I mean, I um, think that there's a good chance that they take a quarterback in in the first round. And they'll, I mean, because it's the Giants, and all they do is take bad first round quarterbacks at this point. So I would, you know, I figure that their quarterback next year is going to be like Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett. I mean, that's possible, but they could do the 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 Trey Lance or. <laughs> You know, honestly, it's probably going to be one of those guys and just Andy Dalton again. Andy Dalton is just going to go around the league getting supplanted by. I, yeah, I, I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, I, I was thinking it might be if the Broncos don't bring him back. Teddy. Oh, Teddy's not a bad call either. He, he so, fits the Giants play style. So just a lot of like boring, com- semi-competent quarterbacks mm-hmm. is what we're looking yep. at there. So. Um, so, yeah, Saquon prime bounce back candidate um, because I yeah they're going to I think they're going to. They're going to replace the quarterback, and I think they're going to do some work along the um, offensive line because, like, the wide receivers are not a problem. They're just no. always hurt. They're no. they're a good group if they're healthy. So, um, let's see. Let's see. You oh, I was going to say. Uh, I was just making sure because I you said you, you did mention Javante earlier, so I figured we yes would let's circle back to him. Yes, Javante and Melvin Gordon. Uh, both are starts for you, twenty one and twenty two. Yeah. Um, I assume Melvin Gordon gets the nod because of the touchdown upside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lately, it's been it's it is very slowly morphing more into Javante's backfield. Um, it's just inching that way. Um, mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, it's been more 55, 45 to Javante, but Melvin still gets all the red zone work. Um, and Denver should be able to score a couple touchdowns in this game against KC. So, yeah. Um, Definitely both guys that you can feel comfortable putting in as your RB2 or feel great about in a flex. But, yeah, Gordon just gets the nod just because of the slight touchdown upside. But, again, I'm probably going to keep ranking these guys right next to each other because they have very similar roles. Yeah, and honestly, I would agree with doing that because the only difference between them that I'm really seeing in terms of, like, production this year is – the touchdowns. So it's like you can't put Melvin Gordon five spots at or four spots ahead or whatever when it's like, yeah, they're probably going to do the same thing and he might score a touchdown. So going back to back all year is, is I feel like it could just you could just take like a two slot thing that just says Denver running backs and just move that around like there. I don't yeah. see a reason to separate them. Um, I think that's all I want to talk about with the running backs. Um, there's let's see sneaky start we went through all the stuff there so ready to move on to wide receivers unless there's anything else you want to talk about um yeah we can go ahead all right cool um so uh wide receivers 
Um, let me see. Let me let me scroll here to my notes here on wide receivers. Um, so you got Cup, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. Nothing too surprising at the top. And then Keenan Allen at four. C.D. Lamb, Deontay Johnson. Um, we haven't. Re- okay, we talked about C.D. Lamb. Uh, we've talked about all these guys. I'm trying to find guys we don't really talk about. Mike Evans at 10, Chris Godwin at 9. I find that very interesting. Is This is with the news that I don't think people may or may not know. Antonio Brown not playing this week. So you feel a bit more uh, sturdy with Godwin and Evans against the Falcons, even though they've been kind of low target volume lately. Yeah, I, I don't expect that as much this week. And, I, I mean, Godwin should be in the high single digits target-wise. Evans's targets do go back and forth more often, um, but Atlanta has one good corner, and he's going to follow Godwin around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, even if Evans is lower target target volume, um, he's not going to see much AJ Terrell, and uh, Tampa Bay should be in the red zone a lot, and they're not going to run for five touchdowns again. You know, those touchdowns do tend to go to Mike Evans. So um, yeah, I, I like both of them as good plays this week. Yeah, let's not forget uh, Mike Evans had multiple games where all his catches were one-yard touchdowns last year. So mm-hmm. um, he is kind of like a the way they that you can kind of regard him, I think, is like a super tight end. Like he will get He's his a wide race, end. A wide end. There you go. A wide end. Wide end. I'm gonna start start using that. Yeah, he's a wide end. Like Adam Thielen's a wide end a lot of the time too. He can uh, be. Last yeah, he week he was be. just good. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, I was talking to Mike about that. The 49ers, because their secondary is not very good. Their game plan was clearly stop Justin Jefferson at all costs. Because yeah. there are times you watch, and there is a couple of miscommunications where it's like they, um, like, uh, Thielen will break out, and Jefferson will break in, and, like, three guys will go with Jefferson. And <laughs> Thielen's just standing wide open. So it's, it's uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that was part game plan, part, I mean, Adam Thielen's still a good football player. He's not bad. It's just his usage has been kind of weird. So um, speaking of usage, I want to talk to you about two guys that have very disparate ranks for you. Uh, Jamar Chase, who you have at 11, and T. Higgins, who you have at 28. So I've been a big T. Higgins truther. Um, since the, t- Mike actually brought this up, since the 200-yard game, uh, T. Higgins has far been like far more target, not targeted, far more productive than Jamar Chase. And I'm curious um, because nobody seems to be talking about it. Like Jamar Chase since the 200 yard game, 32, 49, 32 and 39. And T Higgins has been 97, 78, 15 and 114. Um, so I'm just curious if um, you think that this is going to be like a get right game for Jamar Chase. And and that's why you have the big gap between him and Higgins, because like we said, um, Chargers defense good against wide receivers, but you think Chase is going to kind of break through that. So I'm curious where that comes from. I landed that plane. I yeah, got that. no, you're good. <laughs> um, I'm just a believer in the talent. Um, I, I think that he'll he'll get through the rough patch. Um, against a good secondary, usually the cream will rise, and Jamar is their best receiver. Um, I think part of the reason Higgins has been more involved lately is they haven't needed to go for the big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase is very clearly their big play guy. And they've been controlling games on the ground and winning by a bunch. So it's been a lot more of the intermediate stuff, which um, even me as a T. Higgins detractor, I guess you could say. Um, skeptic. Well, a T. Higgins skeptic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, he's very good in the intermediate game. So 
I just think it's been kind of game plan, and it is game plan specific. And in this game, I would expect that they're going to need those shot plays. Um, they're not going to be controlling this game on the ground, in my opinion. The, well, the, they'll be productive, but I don't think they're just going to like put the Chargers away in the second quarter and then just dink it around the rest of the game, um, like they've been doing to, like they did to the Raiders and the Steelers. Um, so I think they're going to they're going to need to run more of the offense they were running against, like Green Bay and Minnesota and teams like that. That's true. They the um, the Chargers will well. Depending on what chargers we get, but they could put up more of a fight um, mm-hmm. than either of their last two opponents did. So, okay, um, who was your toughest rank among the wide receivers? Um, let's see, I think it was Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. I okay, so I think this is the second time this year that I've nominated him. Yeah, so he's at 19 for you against Vegas, and it makes sense. He's kind of been all over the place with Tyler Heineke. Yeah, he's it. He's just too as a producer for fantasy, which is mostly to do with his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Terry McLaurin's one of the 12 best receivers in the league, but um, it's a weird passing offense. His target volume isn't super consistent week to week. Um, the Raiders have a better secondary than you think. Casey Hayward has really solidified their corner unit. Um, it's just not a game where I think McLaurin's going to have that big blow-up game because he's basically been like eight points or 20 points. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, because he's such a good player, he can always score a touchdown even on his on his lesser games. And so, you know, he ends up ahead of guys like Hunter Renfro or uh, Darnell Mooney or something like that. But, um, you know, pretty high floor, but I don't think the ceiling is going to be, like, huge in this game. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. And then you've also got, like, uh, Logan Thomas returning could make his target volume even wobblier. And, like, and the Raiders are really bad against tight ends and good against receivers. Yeah, and DeAndre Carter is suddenly, you know, a thing for the uh for the um for the Washington football team. Now, I'm not saying that he's like good or somebody you should go pick up, but it's go- it's detracting from Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, in their last four games, like you mentioned, Terry McLaurin had 24 fantasy points uh 2 weeks ago, but 9 last week, and um it's just his his points are kind of going up and down with DeAndre Carter's. So, um yeah, it's just a a weird a weird year and it just has to do with Heineke. Um, mm-hmm. who do you think plays quarterback for Washington next year? For Washington, um, Jameis Winston. That's not a bad call, actually. That's like uh, Taylor Heineke if he was good. Yeah, Jameis <laughs> was Jameis was legit at the start yeah. of the season. He was playing good. Yeah, he was he you know, we make fun of like all of these weird videos and stuff that he does, but like he's he's working on himself and he's trying to get better and then the LASIK thing. Like we yeah, made I, mean, fun I of hope him. I hope he's working on himself off the field. I don't care oh, about yeah. the crab legs thing, but the Uber driver thing, you know, we're yeah. not we're not forgiving and forgetting here, but No, we are not. Um, but yes, he's he's certainly worked hard to improve his football self. Yeah. Um it's very clear that he's making better decisions. Yeah, I think the um, I wonder if the uh, the 30 interception season um, might have uh, changed how he looks at both like football and hopefully himself, because, yeah, Maybe we are, a little. 
Yeah, because that's like, come on, dude, 30 interceptions. That's <laughs> insane. That's, that's way too many. Um, all right. Uh, I lost the list because I was double checking that it was, in fact, just 30 interceptions. Wasn't his, his last one was a pick six, too, I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> insane. Um, all right. Uh, so we've got uh, you had a uh, sneaky start. Did you do tough sit? I didn't do sneaky start either, I don't think. Oh, you did just just hardest rank. Sorry, I'm all over the place. All right, so who is your sneaky start? Mm, I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds. All right, oh, Lions Josh boy. Reynolds. Yeah, buddy. So he's he's going to be the answer to the Lions room. Uh, a little, yeah. I mean, he's got familiarity with uh, Goff from the Rams. Mm-hmm. He is a very, like, league average NFL receiver. Um which is better than anyone else on the roster except for Amonra, who they use to block a lot more and who isn't really an explosive athlete. Um, Reynolds is the downfield. He, he's got the downfield ability that we've been looking for. Somebody who can at least take the top off the defense and actually be a threat to catch the ball instead of like just Trinity Benson run fast. Um, and Minnesota is the second worst uh, or second easiest matchup for opposing receivers right now. So it's likely that at least one Lions receiver has a good game, and I think it's pretty obvious that Reynolds is the most likely to have that good game. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, um, especially because, like you said, there's like not a lot there, and uh, Jared Goff is... He's he's almost like regressing. Like, he's not regressing into like his skills, but he's like, I'm just going to... Th- kind of do what I'm comfortable with because yeah, you I'm, know what the thing is, is the Thanksgiving game was his best game of the season. He was not good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, what did I see? It was, uh, hold on some stat about Jared Goff that the only time he pulled it off was against the 49ers and it's cause it was garbage time. Oh, it was the only time he passed for more than 300 yards this season. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, okay. Come on. I'm looking at his pro football reference. He threw for 299, which come on, that's, Give him the A minus. Round him up. Round him yeah. up. Um, and to be clear, I have Reynolds at 36. So I'm not saying like he's a smash play, but you know he's a good deep league pickup. He's a he's a reasonable flex option. Um, you know I I think that this is a game where he ends up with like four catches for 75 yards. Yeah, and and he's in that. Uh, we talked extensively about Traquan Smith earlier. He's in that group for you. Yeah, he's with uh, it's uh, Elijah Moore at 35 through like uh, Russell Gage at 40. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Um, not a not a huge uh, Elijah Moore believer, don't you know? He's the the second coming. He's going to transcend the Jets walker. He's going to be good. Um, uh, what happened last week? Uh, he was not good. Right. Four, four for 46. Right, right. Yeah. No, it's just you know, um, just. Sometimes uh, fantasy Twitter loves to get over their skis if somebody has one good game. And uh, he had a couple good games, but one was Indy, one was Miami. So not I really. I think he's a good football player. but Oh, he's I mean, a great football player. But, but yeah, I mean, Philly's a bad matchup. He's either going to be in the slot seeing a ton of Avante Maddox, or he's going to be seeing a bunch of Darius Slay. I mean, Slay's been an all-pro this season, and Maddox is really good. Um, and they don't have a quarterback who can complete passes. So... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know even know who is going to be their quarterback this weekend. Is it Flacco or is it it's Zach probably Wilson? Gonna be Wilson? Okay, yeah, because I saw Zach Wilson like limped off, but I hadn't seen anything else since then. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Oh, and I got to guess your sleepers. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and guess my sleepers. Hmm. Um. What? I'll give you a hint. One of them might not play. So I don't think you have him ranked. Yeah, you don't have him ranked. You don't have two of my sleepers ranked, actually. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones? No. Okay. Um, not play. Sterling Shepard? Nope. Kadarius Toney? Nope. Other side of it, where he hasn't been playing. But when he has played, he's been amazing. Oh, jeez. Why can't I think of it? He plays for Miami. Miami. Oh, Parker. Yeah, Devontae Parker. Okay. Yeah, they I don't think him. he's gonna play. Yeah, they're 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 saying it's like fifty fifty, and I said you know he's still on IR, but you should stash him anyways because if he plays, yeah. he gets at least seven targets every single game, literally every game this year he's played. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Okay, so Parker. Um, I'm gonna need a hint for the other guy who I don't have ranked. Uh, you we talked about him already. You do not like him. And I said, he's fine, but he he's not very good, but he's getting targets. I don't like him. And he's playing Tampa Bay. Uh, um, he shares a first name with a quarterback that has a broken finger. Oh, Gage? Yeah, Russell Gage. Okay, yeah, Gage is fine. I mean, I would try not to play him, but... He's like the last of the like fringe flex guys who I'm like, sure, I guess. Yeah, he's 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 fine. He's just getting a bunch of targets. And then my I last mean, I have guy, him at 40. So who's who's the other guy? Uh, the last guy is not even listed on your ranks and it's a complete off the radar uh, uh, kind of homer pick. It's uh, Juwan Jennings. Oh, Juwan Jennings. Yeah. 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 Juwan yeah. Jennings. Um, he's he's other than George Kittle. He is um, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest target now. With yeah. no Debo Samuel, he's six three two fifteen, I think. No, and, he's a pretty good red zone option. Yeah, and um, he scored. He's gotten like eight targets this year, and two of them have been like red zone touchdowns. Um, he also has like he was Jalen Hurd insurance, who was like Debo Samuel insurance. So mm-hmm. he, if anybody gets those like weird end arounds um, that isn't Brandon Ayuk, it would be like Jawan Jennings on the goal line. So I just think he has a good chance to score a touchdown. Well, it might be Trent Sherfield. He was doing a lot of those like motions and stuff after Debo left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're, you're right. Um, but I just, I just think, I think Juwan Jennings has the best shot at a, at a touchdown. So I agree. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, but he's like insurance for insurance. Cause like Jalen Hurd was their Debo insurance and then Juwan Jennings was their Jalen Hurd insurance. So, uh, boy, uh, I'm definitely not mad at the, uh, third round pick. And then, um, who is your, uh, do you do your tough sit? Oh, I did not. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, that's tough. Let's. Well, I guess it should be. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the very that's the name of the segment. Yeah. Doing great, uh, bud. Um, I'm actually going to go with Rashad Bateman. And okay. it pains me to say this um, because I love the guy. Um, I'm playing him in two leagues this this week um but he played only 45 percent snaps last week yeah um, it, it, it might not be happening this year yeah ex- expecting like big things out of him isn't prudent right now he's a solid floor flex play because he catches most of his targets he's efficient 
he has a good floor, but he also has like no ceiling. It's like high floor, low ceiling player. He's in a real tiny room. He's Jacoby Myers. He's kind of turned into that type of guy. Yeah. I mean, he has a much better matchup than Myers. So I would play him over Myers easily this week. But yeah, he's getting in. He's probably going to be that like fringe wide receiver three. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, Rashad Bateman, I, I had that. I think it was uh, yesterday with Mike. I was like, is Rashad Rashad Bateman's not happening this year, is he? And um, if you guys want to check it out on the Patreon, we had a probably a 15 minute long discussion about uh, Lamar Jackson. Basically, like, why do you hate Lamar Jackson so much? And he and I are pretty much on the same page where it's like, uh, but I'm more forgiving for uh, Lamar Jackson's faults than he is. Like, I was like, as a pure passer, he's probably not top 10, but everything else he does, it's like. He does so much other than that, that it, it, it brings him up. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting discussion because um, Mike hates Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, we basically I we we basically said that uh, that the long and the short of it is it feels they're trying to make him a pocket passer. He's throwing the ball like 35 times a game, which is too many. That's yeah, too many. Should, times it should be around like. 30. 30. Yeah, that's too many times per game. And I'm worried because he could break one of two ways. He could break like Colin Kaepernick did where he broke and he just forgot how to play football. Or he could break like Joss Allen, who stepped up to the 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 challenge. Like and we're not sure what the outcome of that's going to be yet. And that's kind of like what the takeaway from the Lamar Jackson. No, he's, he's going to break like Michael Vick when they tried to put him in the pocket. It was OK, but it just didn't work the same. Yeah, well, and, we're those. That's the range of outcomes: is he could do Josh Allen or he could do Colin Kaepernick. Because right, and I think he ends up in the middle. I, and and that's fair too, you know. Um, yeah, Michael Vick. It's, I'm shocked we did had a whole discussion about Lamar Jackson. It did not say Michael Vick, um, which is which is wild. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, just real quick, I want to mention uh, Kendrick Bourne uh, has been playing well. Terrible matchup this week. Yeah, um, don't do it this week. Uh, definitely a guy that you should be looking at as an option. Yeah. Um, the rest of the season, just not this week or the other Buffalo game. Yeah. So um, he does have a buy in week 14. So it's like a 15 and 16 situation. But a guy that should be good stash on your bench. Exactly. He should be on your roster. So. Um, all right. Let's talk about tight ends. Um, this should be very straightforward because tight end has become increasingly straightforward. It feels like um, when I do the sleepers. So usually when I do the sleepers, you know, I look for guys under 50 percent rostered and um, in all the other positions, it'll be like, you know, there'll be a guy that's like 53 percent and a guy that's like 48 percent. But from tight end today, it was went from 61 to 47. So there's like a clear delineation here among tight ends. So I don't know if there's much to talk about. Like if you have Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Gronk, Hawkinson, Schultz, Thomas, Pitts, you're starting them. Fant even. Fant even. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, Mike Kosicki is where it starts to get wobbly for me. Just because yep. Pat Fryermuth uh, is in the concussion protocol. Um, so we'll see if he clears Baltimore's that. Baltimore's been a lot better against tight ends recently as well. Yeah, Gasicki has been, we'll say, inconsistent. Mm. And then um, we got number 12. Um, you notice yep. I didn't miss Darren Waller in the must-starts. Yeah, it's our big boy. It's it's Foster Moreau, a guy that Bach and I both have uh, had draft crushes on. So um, yeah. he's good. He's just stuck behind Darren Waller, who gets all the targets. Yeah, he's a giant, super athletic dude. Um, he kind of, sort of doesn't know how to run around, but like, <laughs> basically like... Matter. No, everybody like you. Mike is Mike Kosicki is Mike Kosicki. Foster yeah. Moreau is like, what if Mike Kosicki could block? Yeah. Like that's he's the same guy. It's just that 
Moreau is behind one of the best tight ends in the league, and Gesicki is on a team that mostly uses him correctly. Um, yeah, but uh, with with Waller out this week, Moreau's got a decent matchup. Um, he's he should command at minimum probably five targets. Um, even if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's which obviously you know it's more likely than not that he doesn't. But um, yeah, I, I think that you've got a uh, probably like an eight or nine point floor out of him, which is a lot more than you're getting out of most of the fringe tight ends. Yeah, and this is to be clear only if Darren Waller doesn't play, but I don't think he does. No, it's it's at this point highly unlikely. That's right. He injured the the thing that goes from his pelvis to yeah. his knee. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love that Foster Moreau call at twelve. You have him over guys like Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Jack Doyle. I'm guessing Dallas Goddard was your tough sit for this week. Oh yeah. 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 I mean Goddard has a pretty good matchup and He's a good football player, but this pass offense is just brutal right now, and he isn't a priority in terms of getting targets right now. No. Um, they're using him a lot as a blocker because he excels there as well. Um, he's getting, like, three targets a game. It's just – it's a great matchup, and he could easily catch all three of his targets for 35 yards and a touchdown here, but – he's just not involved enough to have a ceiling that's more than like 12 or 13 points. Yeah. And that, that's what it comes down to. I was looking at the Eagles offense where it's just like, there's a lot of these offenses that aren't very prolific and you don't know where the ball is going every week. And they're starting to drive me insane. It's like the Eagles, the giants, the, the Titans without their stars. It's like, you're not prolific and I don't know where the ball's going. So I don't want, want to start anybody in this offense, but it could be the Dallas Goddard week, or it could be the, I mean, Jalen Rager had seven targets for some reason last week. Like it could be the, the, the Dallas Goddard week, or it could be the, um, you know, Boston Scott gets two touchdowns or Kenny Gainwell gets a, a touchdown in 40 yards. And it's just like too much, too much there. I, I, I don't like it. There's too much. Um, so who is your, um, is is Foster Moreau your sneaky start? Uh, no, I think that one's a little too obvious. Um, I like Jack Doyle this week. Um, quietly been getting a lot more involved the last couple weeks. He's clearly resumed being their number one tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Moelle Cox experiment has kind of ended there. Um, he's big and athletic, and that's it. Um. Yeah, they, he keeps he keeps vanquishing the people they bring in to replace him. Like he killed Eric Ebron, he's killing Mo Ali Cox. He's just there to run, catch the ball, turn around, and chug for like three yards. Yep. Yeah. He he's gonna get like against Houston. He's gonna have like four for thirty four, and if he scores, then he's like tight end five, and if he doesn't, then he's like tight end eighteen, and he didn't kill you. Yeah. He's he's he will get some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um. I will right. say that I know one of your sleepers is going to be James O'Shaughnessy. That's right. Uh, I'm going to guess one of them is CJ Uzoma. That's right. Uh, and I'm going to guess the last one is Gerald Everett. Correct. Boom. Nailed Got it. Him. Let's go. Yeah. So Gerald Everett. I want to talk about Gerald Everett. Um, yeah. So on paper, the Niners are like the fourth best, worst matchup for tight ends, I believe. Uh, but uh, a lot of that is Fred Werner, who will not play on Sunday. And a lot of that... Um, would have fallen to Dre Greenlaw, who is also not playing on Sunday, 
who uh, so everything falls to Aziz Al Shire, who is pretty good. good. Uh, he's, he's good. Bet- the thing is that he's actually better in coverage than Dre Greenlaw is. So I think they might be improving by subtracting. But so okay, so he's better. He's better in coverage, but he he's not as good at like tackling, bringing guys down. Uh, he's he's Aziz Al Shair is a very poor athlete at the position. He yes. thrives on his instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's a very cerebral player. Um, always in the right spot. He's sure-handed. He, he but he's just not. He's not going to make any plays outside of his ability. Whereas exactly. Greenlaw is a lot more erratic, but he has the ability to fly all over the field and make a lot more diff, you know, higher range of plays. So yeah, like Greenlaw, Greenlaw will do that thing you see sometimes where a defender will kind of somehow without getting pass interference, leap around a guy who's in front of him and smack the ball away. Like Dre Greenlaw will do that. And he'll also give up like some piss easy receptions. Whereas Al Shair won't knock the ball away, but he he will then you know make the right the right move. So it's it's I think Gerald Everett's just going to get a good amount of targets, and I don't think Al Shair is going to stop him. He's, That's fair. He's just, yeah. I mean, but, I, I think that Everett's been getting a lot more targets recently. I don't know if this is a game where they're going to need to do a bunch of dump offs at the end of the game or or not, but um, Everett. Just the sample size is too small right now to because he was most he's been mostly not involved this year. So, yeah. you know, a guy like Tyler Conklin or Jared Cook, they just have a a longer sample size of being consistently involved. Like there's a higher chance that Gerald Everett has a tight end one week than Tyler Conklin. Yeah, that's but, what I'm looking for from the sleeper too. That's the right. Thing. Right. But there's a much higher chance that Tyler Conklin has a top 18 week than Gerald Everett. That's fair. No, that's fair. Like the, the, we'll call them the error. What are they called? The error bars? The error bars for Gerald Everett are much bigger, but they go higher. Whereas Conklin is like his, his upside is like tight end 10, but his downside is like tight end. Everett could be the tight end one on the week with eight, you know, with seven or eight targets. Um, But he could also get like one target and be tight end 60. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conklin's gonna get no less than three targets. He's gotten that every single game of the season. Um, actually, he get two one week. But like, yeah, he, he's averaging four and a half targets a game. Um, he's he's almost assuredly going to get you at least like a couple catches. So his like nightmare floor is like tight end thirty. But the best you're gonna get out of him is probably like four for. 50 in a score which would be like tight end five or six yeah he does he doesn't have that he doesn't have the boom in him and it's the offense just isn't built that way they no like, the boom the boom is the receivers and the running back the tight end is just supposed to be stable exactly so all right yeah you got him Everett uzoma and james o'shaughnessy um so all right uh did we go through your guys uh tough sit sneaky start hardest rank i think we went through them all uh i don't know if i said hardest rank for Oh, yeah, it was Goddard. Yep. Yeah, it was Goddard. So that'll do it. Thanks. I'll do thank, it. Thanks for listening to uh, the Football Absurdity Podcast. This has been Jeff Crisco and Big Daddy Ranks. We'll be back on Friday to talk uh, the whole 
week 13 slate including reviewing thursday night football um so and i'm i'm starting Taysom hill in my do or die week in my home league so we'll see how good my uh my attitude is on friday yeah all right take care everybody and don't forget to keep them simple